we'd like to welcome you back to part 8 of our dedicated study on the D-Wave quantum computers, the CERN uh, particle collider, and of course it's really all particle colliders, and uh, the Mandela effect. This is a listener comment, more proof of Mandela effect changing our Bible verses. Uh, now, I, I just kind of really hit the high points on this because I had so many people email me about this particular subject, and a, a lot of it, if you, if you look at all the listener comments I've gotten on this, they're redundant because they're all bringing up the same things for obvious reasons. I mean, you know. Uh, she says, as you may remember when I first found out about these changes through your newsletter and verified them in my Bible several months ago. Now, I don't remember putting out much of my newsletter, but maybe I did. Maybe I did do some stuff preliminarily, and that's probably when I really started getting hammered. I don't know. It's been a while. Uh, and I verified them in my Bible several months ago. I wrote you in complete distress, not knowing what to make of it, and even having doubts about the holiness and reliability of the Bible. However, after praying and asking God about this matter, he has given me a piece about it as he, as he revealed it to me that the word is Jesus, because that's what the Bible does say, um, that the word was God, and, and in the beginning the word was with God, and the word was God, the same in the beginning was God. So the word was manifest and dwelt among men is how the bible talks about that in first john so or john chapter one so jesus is the word and his word does not have to be preserved in the pages of a book but it will indeed always be preserved in the person of jesus and in the hearts of those of us who have the holy spirit indwelling in us he also brought to my mind amos 8 11 behold the days come saith the the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing of the words of, of the Lord. Therefore, there might come a time in the end when we won't have any Bibles available at all, or at least any uncorrupted ones, and we'll have to rely solely upon the Holy Spirit leading us in our ways. And what if in the end times the written word won't be available, not because there won't be any Bibles, but because there won't be any any Bibles carrying the reward of God. Well, that was the case for a lot of people that I'm sure were Christians in times past, and some of them were even martyrs. They might not have even had a Bible or a complete Bible. They might have only had a page or two of one. It happens in China and stuff and in other parts of the world to this day where they might not even have a real Bible. So, something to think about. What if the Lord does allow Satan to change the words in our Bible as part of the strong delusion in order to test those who really knew their Bibles in the first place and carry its words in their heart um, and therefore further separate the wheat from the tares? Will these people who claim that nothing in it has ever changed continue to deny it? See, the problem is, is, is with people, these preachers in particular, who are saying, bless God, there's nothing been done to nothing. Okay. The longer you stay on that path, the harder it's going to be to ever actually start going down the right path because you're, you're committing. And then now you've got a whole bunch of people that are following you down that same path most likely. And if pride is an issue there, it might get to a point where the changes are so bad and egregious it's not going to matter because your pride is going to prevent you from ever acknowledging that any of this is real. Even when the Bible ends up starting to say it's okay to take the mark of the beast. Where does it end? Because I'm telling you, there may be a possibility that's where this is heading. I don't know. Will these people who claim that nothing in it has ever changed continue to deny it, even when it changes to the point where it will state that you can take the mark of the beast and still be saved? 
like the Left Behind series kind of does? Hmm. That's something to ponder. Will only those of us who will be willing to accept that it was changed rather than be too stubborn to admit it not fall for the delusion? I don't know. That remains to be seen. Please let me know your thoughts on the word wineskins appearing in my Bible index instead of bottles. Now, I've already covered that already, and I'm sure I center that, but I center something extra. I copied and pasted this document from a KJV Bible index below. And basically, it's just, the, it's just um, one page where it gets to the point where it says new cloth on an old garment, which is basically a very, very similar concept to the wineskin issue. And so much of a similar concept that it's talked about in Matthew 9.16 and then in the next verse, Matthew 9.17, the Bible talks about new wine and old wineskins. But see, now it says bottles. Okay. Which makes, again, I've done that. I've done the whole study there. The point is, is that in the index, it's saying new wine and old wineskins. But when you go to those verses, Matthew 9, 17, Mark 2, 22, and Luke 5, 37 through 39, it doesn't have wineskins in them. It has bottles. Yet in the, in the index of the King James Bible, it still says wineskins. Further proving that it has been changed. Because why, if, if, if wineskins is never stated in the King James, which is true now, no derivation of it at all. Why is it still in the indexes on all of these different King James Bible indexes? Why would it even be in there, in the index, if it was never used in that Bible? Well, because it was used, but the indexes didn't get affected by the Mandela change. Going further, um, this is from the same listener. She says, I'm attaching a few links below which pertain to some of the websites I had referred to in my previous email in which the original verses had not changed, even though the Bible even though they had changed in the Bible. The first one is from Wikipedia. I put, this, I put this one in because it also refers to the parable of the old wineskins and uses this word throughout the article. However, in quotes, it quotes the KJV Bible version and gives a link to it, and the quote has changed to read bottles instead of wineskins. So basically the same thing that happened to my KGV Bible is also happening to this article now. And it's straight from Wikipedia and they've got a whole page up there. And I'm not even, you can go and look for it yourself. I'll give you the link here. Just key new wine into old wineskins. And it, the Wikipedia page will come up. It's still there. And the very first line of that page in wikipedia says new wine into old wineskins is a parable of jesus it is found in matthew 9 uh, 14 through 17 mark 2 18 through 22 and luke 5 33 through 39 even though it says bottles now <laughs> but the wikipedia it quotes from the kjv versions but it uses bottles but the article is about wine is about wineskins. So it's the same weird, perplexing dynamic that's taking place in the KJV now, where you look at it and you say, that always said wineskins, and then you go to the index and it says wineskins. But in the in the actual Bible verses, it says bottles. And we all know that that, you know, putting the old wine in, in into the new bottles or whatever is gonna burst them. That makes no sense. Or new wine into old wineskins. That will burst them. Because they're already stretched. Because they're old. 
So if you put new wine, it's going to expand further and it's going to burst the old wineskins. That would never happen with a bottle, though. So now the verse, those verses make no sense in the KJV. Also, this is the search results for the Lord's Prayer in the Google search, which shows pretty much all the images quoting the Lord's Prayer in the way it originally appeared in the Bible. There's more confirmation about the Lord's Prayer. And you can find that on a Google search. The belief net page also quotes the Lord's Prayer in its original form, and she gives a, um, a link to that. Of course, if you Google the lion shall lie down with the lamb online and in the image search, you'll get hundreds of web pages about this verse and countless images of lions laying down with lambs. But no, it's, it's the lamb laying down with the wolf now. It's, it's absurd. However, I found it interesting that apparently even Woody Allen had made, made a joke about this verse, about the lion laying down with the lamb. She gives a link to that, that degenerate Woody Allen. I also found, a pedophile degenerate, sorry, I'm going to give him full credit. I also found that this Reddit post about the Mandela effect changing Bible verses in which pretty much everyone agrees that these verses were recently changed in the Bible. However, I noticed that the NIV, ESV, and etc. still use the word wineskin instead of bottle. While I'm sure that this word originally appeared in the KJV as well, the refuters will just say that we're remembering these verses from these other Bible versions and that they were never in the KJV to begin with. Exactly. I was very disappointed when I saw that the other versions hadn't changed the words, wineskin, um, as that makes it more difficult to prove that they were ever that way in the KJV. Very good point. And again, this is why the Satanist targeted the KJV, because that's the only version he's really afraid of or is concerned about. I also heard that the KJV is the version which has been changed the most, very true, and that I wonder if this is intentionally being done to target Christians who are reading it. Absolutely. So we have that. Comment. And this is my comment. A listener suggested to make sure you were praying that your personal Bibles are immune slash protected from the changes that may be coming. Jeremiah 32.27. Now this isn't something you would have ever devoted an iota of prayer to in the past because you would have never even thought this could have happened. But the Bible says in Jeremiah 32.27, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Can he protect our Bibles? Sure he can. But have we ever prayed about it? Probably not. I know I hadn't. Jeremiah 33.3, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. So God is perfectly capable of doing that. Now, I'm not 100% sure whether he's going to let that happen or not, but you can sure pray about it. You know, it sure doesn't hurt. I don't know if he's going to... Uh, the reason I say that is, is not because I don't believe God can't do it, but he may not do it because this is a form of testing his remnant to see if they're going to, if they've got their solid, their house built on the solid rock of Christ Jesus. And when the winds come and the waves come, which is what this is, this Mandela effect or winds and waves, are we founded on the solid rock of Christ Jesus? Are we going to let that make us fall away? It's a testing if you ask me. Another listener said um, on the Mandela effect, she says, thank goodness for, for years many of us have been memorizing scripture in our hearts, so even if they change it, we've got scripture in our hearts and in our mind. It's all about a personal, personal relationship. I really have to thank you for it because you said there will be a time that we will need these scripture verses 
um, memorized and now it's definitely the time because it's probably only going to get worse uh, as there are other changes coming and I've been saying that for years that we need to memorize scripture wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path so you know thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee those are all out of Psalm 119 I believe so Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So it's more important now more than ever to do that. <clears throat> because I don't know how much longer we're going to have. I don't know. God may, it may get to a point where God says, okay, nope, I'm not going to let him mess with the word of God anymore. No more. I don't know. but And I think it's something we need to be praying against. Like I said before, praying against these D-Wave quantum computers. Because it's not just doing... It's not just affecting the Word of God, it's, it's affecting all kind of stuff that we may not even be aware of. CERN, how they're opening up all these portals and letting these demons and devils come through. Pray against CERN. Pray against the particle clash. Put these on your prayer list. Pray against the Mandela effect. Pray against these D-Wave quantum computers. I'm not here to, put, to, put, to do a study about the Mandela effect to say, well, guys, let's just throw up our hands. There's nothing we can do about it. The changes are there and just give up on god i'm here to do the exact opposite i realize we've got to address this subject because it's not going away and i don't think there's very many ministries that are addressing this there are some but not many um going further she says god bless you and your ministry i'm going to start keeping a personal journal of my favorite scriptures i don't think that they will be able to mess with that but of course you never know i i would agree with her on that very much in Psalm 119.89, forever, O Lord, thy, thy word is settled in heaven. It doesn't say the word is settled on earth. That's what I said before. It says it's settled in heaven. I think it is very hard for people to believe that CERN is creating most uh, these changes most likely. I think it will take some time before the rest of the brothers and sisters in Christ realize what is going on. We need to be patient with them. I think this is most likely part of the strong delusion. I really agree with her about being patient, kind, and loving about this. I don't think this is something you just go and try to bash people's heads over with and act like, you know, shake the dust off your feet against them as a witness against them when they don't embrace it. Because this, remember how you felt when you first saw this. So I think this is something we really need to give a lot of grace about. Well, again, that's why I'm doing this teaching. This is a teaching you could forward to them, and I don't see how they're going to be able to refute what we've covered. And I do think this is actually the last part, believe it or not, part eight here. So I got through it a lot quicker than I thought. But see, I once I got started going through it and I saw the redundancy level that was there, and I was able to get that to the bottom of the PDF, it sped things up quite a bit. So again, I'm pretty much without excuse for not doing this sooner. Um, so I do apologize about that. Anyway, let's go on. Um, I think it's something like there will be a famine of the word, and that is why the scriptures need to be memorized and etched in our hearts. We need to stand strong, and I'm sorry that so many people are coming against you at this time. And that was a long time ago. When, this is when I, just certain people, mostly of the Baptist persuasion ministers, were getting wind that I was looking into this. Hadn't done anything. Hadn't done anything up to this point, and they were just going great gonzo doing whole teachings on me saying what a heretic i was and how i have my own cult and all this other stuff and I, I didn't even released anything at that point i was going 
to Baptist preachers that had way more time in the KJV than me, like the like the letter I sent you, and that and you heard my his response. Somebody with like seventy years in the KJV, and that was his response. He didn't have an answer. He did not. But I'm a heretic for covering this, you know, according to them. Um, so let's go further here. This is another listener. She had asked me a question about the Mandela effect. And I said, I will say that the minor changes that have taken place are not anything that it would even remotely prevent a person from getting saved by, re by reading the KJV. I mean, I got saved from verses out of the NIV when I read In, in Route to Global Occupation by Gary Calls about the New World Order. That's the book that led me to the Lord, okay? Back in early to, uh, 1994, okay? Now, the NIV has 64,098 less words than the KJV, and I still got saved out of it. And that, that thing is corrupted. It's from, a, it's, from a, it, it's from a corrupted underlying text type of two corrupt Catholic manuscripts, the Sinaiticus and the Vaticanus, that formed the Revised Version of 1881 that spawned the NIV and almost all the other New Age Bible versions. It has a rabid lesbian named Virginia Mullencott on the translation committee of the NIV. And I still got saved out of that Bible. So... The changes we've seen in the KJV are far less egregious than the revised version of 1881 or the NIV or the American Standard Version or the Living. They're far less egregious. It's just the fact they're happening in the KJV that makes it so disturbing. So see, take heart about what I just said. I'm here to encourage you about this. I'm not here to like beat you down and say, well, give up. Let's throw the towel, everybody. It's the Mandela effect. I'm done. I'm cashing it in. No, I'm here to do the exact opposite. In other words, I believe that God is only going to let this Mandela effect go so far. At this point, of course, he may take it all the way. I don't know. But at this point, the minor changes we have seen would have zero impact regarding actually being able to use a KJV to actually lead someone to the Lord. Now, you could say, yeah, but there is an impact, because what if they point to all these verses you went over to discredit the Bible? Well, that is true. That could have an impact. But if you were just to sit down with somebody and take a KJV and, and just open it up and use it to lead them to the Lord, you could still do that easily. You could still do it with an NIV. In other words, that hasn't gotten that bad yet. Now, it may get to a point where that's not possible. And you're going to have to have the Word of God memorized in your head. Or written down, at least. Handwritten. Because those are the ones that seem that it doesn't get changed. Uh, going further, I said, God is still in control, but the devil is using CERN and the D-Wave quantum computers, which I believe is the source of the Mandela effect, as much as he can to change our reality in a negative way. This is why it is important to pray against these computers, CERN, and all the particle colliders in general. These are things that need to be on a prayer list. Just like the pedophiles and all this other stuff. The sealed indictments that are supposedly there, like the 35,000, pray they all go down. You know, and all this, this whole pedophilic empire crumble. Okay, so this was from a question he said oh brother what can we do as the body of christ against this if we quote scripture that has been changed will it weaken the power if we were to engage a nephilim or a reptilian or a gray alien will these verses still work i understand you may not have all the answers but what can we do my answer 
well, at this point, these changes have been minor. You may want to write the Bible warfare verses down, as it seems when you write them down somewhere, if a change does happen, it will not affect what you wrote. In this way, you could guard against losing the scriptures. So I'm trying to give some practical things here now, of things we could do. You know. Um, here's another one. Mandela effect. This is a listener sent me this. Matthew 21, 2. Now Jesus rides on two animals? Yeah. Now in Matthew 21, Jesus rides upon an ass and a colt, the foal of an ass. Meaning a, a donkey. Sometimes referred to as a jackass. They called it an ass in the Bible. There is no mistake, this scripture is now referring to two animals. Well, number one, how could anybody ride on two animals? You know, that's weird. This is, this is contradicting Mark 11, verses 2 through 7, where it specifically mentions a single colt whereupon never man sat. What does that verse say? Well, verse 2 says, Mark 11, 2, and, and saith unto them, Go your way, this is Jesus telling what his, his disciples what to do, Go your way into the village over against you, and as, as soon as you entered into it, ye shall find a colt tied, whereupon never man sat. Loose him and bring him. Just him. Singular. Whereas now, Matthew 21, 2, contradicts this because it says, he's, he said, say unto them, go into the village over against you, this is Jesus Christ talking, and straightway you shall find an ass and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, the Lord hath need of them. Them. Plural. And straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Sion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. So now even the prophecy's been changed. How could he sit upon two animals at the same time? A donkey and her foal? A, a, a big donkey and a little donkey. Yeah, you're going to ride them both at once. I could even maybe understand how you could, how you could like have two donkeys of similar size and maybe you could get on them and straddle them and ride them, but that would be stupid. But how are you going to do that with a little colt, a foal of a donkey? It doesn't make sense to me sitting on them. What? These two, this is the, my listener, these two Catholic images I posted below are the only ones I could find to support the above nonsense. Hundreds of pictures and drawings of this biblical event um, and only two get it semi-right? Meaning there's hundreds of pictures of this event but it's of Jesus on, on, on one animal. Not two. And the pictures here are of Jesus on a donkey, and you see this little foal next to the donkey. The donkey's baby. But it's it's he's not even riding on both of them. It's just next to next to him. Which that really doesn't make sense that much either. Why would you need two? Hundreds, I dare say thousands of pictures and drawings, and these two Catholic pictures are the only ones depicting the two animals, right? And they have Jesus riding the mother donkey with the full colt alongside. 
makes no sense. Also, Zechariah 9 9 is changed where it says, Rejoice, O greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass, which makes no sense. Okay, I'm just going to play this, about seven minutes worth of this particular video. We're getting close to being done. But basically, we're dividing down to two groups for a specific reason. Regardless of all the subgroups, the beliefs, the races, the religions, and all of that. In the two groups I'm discussing are those concerning this Mandela effect. Those who have experienced That's a it. hoax. It's all a hoax. And, of course, those who have not. He kind of jumps from frame to frame, so it's a little confusing, but... Hopefully we get the gist of this. Um, the thing is, is people are calling it a hoax, but it's actually something that is happening. You have thousands, if not millions, of people around the globe who are experiencing the same memories. That's, that's really what the whole concept of the Mandela Effect is. People have memories that they're so sure of. Now, if it was just one person or two, you would automatically write it off, ah, oh, bad memory. I, boy, I thought that was something different. But we're talking about masses and masses of people who have the same memories regardless of what history tells us in our current day. And so, therefore, Group A will be the Mandela thing. Group B will be those who don't see changes in anything. We know we can look at our history because we believe nothing's changed. We haven't seen changes. We think it's as it always has been. That's the whole idea. And that's why we say that Group A is either lost their memories or they're all nuts. Basically. That's why we say it's a lie. It's a hoax. When in reality... It's actually a phenomenon because so many people are experiencing it. Now, you have a lot of people in uh, different communities, for instance, in the Christian community, that are saying, well, you know, this was some sort of uh, witch broom or whatever her name was, uh, a paranormal investigator, as it were, looking into supernatural occurrences and events, a ghost hunter even, um, and so therefore, she's the one that coined this, and it can't be taken seriously. This is a hoax. This is, this is to be written on. Now, he's talking about the person that originated the supposedly was the first one that found it. I don't care who supposedly originated it. And this is one of the main arguments that a lot of the people that I've seen in the Christian community have tried to debunk this. Is Well, look at the source of it. It was a corrupted source. This lady. Listen, the stuff I'm going over today is real. It has nothing to do with some new age or whoever it was that supposedly discovered this. It was it was going to get found out, and I don't care. I guarantee you there's probably somebody that discovered it before that person, but maybe they just didn't say anything about it. Or maybe they were had a much smaller platform and that type of thing. So to me, that argument is absolutely irrelevant. But a lot of people, they hang their whole, their whole premise of their argument... See, we can't look at any of these changes because they're all false because look at who... That, that person didn't... 
That person talked about the Mandela effect originally. But look at all the other things we've covered that have nothing to do with Nelson Mandela. That are separate from that. Are you gonna attribute to, are you gonna attribute that to that person as well? Well, yeah, because it's easy. We could throw the baby out with the bathwater, um, put push this all under the rug because it's convenient, and then I don't have to deal with it anymore. And I can just demonize anybody who says that this is real and call them and lump them in with the flat earthers, which is what always happens. Which is always so convenient for them to do. Something that doesn't however, exist. however, I and Group B still have to realize that millions of people are experiencing that same memory regardless of whether I see it or not. So, go ahead. Listen. That was my coffee. Okay. <laughs> The thing is this, you see, people that are experiencing these memories, we have the feeling that, okay, things have changed around us, and things that we have seen change, that we physically have seen changes, regardless of what they say. And therefore, we look like we're nuts. Um, and the truth of community, as it were, when they used to say, oh, 9-11 was an inside job, it started out with a handful and everybody said they were nuts. Now half of the people think, okay, maybe it was an inside job. Um, and, and that goes on with everything. That, it doesn't matter. You always get something brought to the forefront and everybody wants to either write it off or, or well, share. And here's the thing. Group A, we're experiencing these changes. We see them definitely. We have memories of things differently than Group B, and because of that... But, but how much of Group B is just absolutely, totally in denial? And just so appalled and shocked by the whole thing that even if they are experiencing these things, they're not admitting to it. Because in order to, they don't want to open Pandora's box. They don't even want to give it any credence at all. Because if you give it a little bit of credence, you got to look at the whole thing. And therefore, they say all of it is a lie. Because they feel like they've got no other choice. It's either all a lie or, well, that really was really weird about Darth Vader and about these Bible changes and about all these other things that have went over. See, once you start, you, you, you can't, you can't just acknowledge five of the changes and then say the whole thing has no validity. So you either have to be in total denial about this, typically, or start to really look at it with an honest, you know, thought process. But a lot of people aren't willing to do that because it's too traumatic. We're shouting it out. We're warning people that, hey, these changes have occurred. And we're voicing our opinion just to see what other people have experienced or sharing what we've learned or what we've seen. And, and everyone in Group A is trying to figure out how this has happened. How can this even be possible to see things one day, one way, and then the next day? I mean, we're talking within a, a week to a month later, the changes have occurred. And we know our memories are in But because that was a paranormal investigator that started all of this right. we automatically want to write it off as a hoax 
was witchcraft or something along that line, because we don't want to have any part to do with with that. Well, that's just that's just totally throwing the baby out of the bathwater, and so convenient for, like I said, the supposed Christian debunkers to just not even look at it at all, which is typically what happens when I see these videos. They're not even addressing the, the addressing the core substance of the Mandela effect. It's just attacks. So much of the time. And I, like I said, I, I listened to many, many, many of these debunking things over the years because I was really hoping that somebody could debunk it. And every time I watched one of them, I, I became more utterly unconvinced of their position. I wanted to be convinced. I don't want this to be true, but how can I deny what I've just covered? This is the eighth part, and we're going to be done here in a second. I can't believe I got it done in eight parts, but praise the Lord. Um, this is a long time coming for me to get this up here. I, I guess a, a good two years, two to three years. And, you know, I've waited a long time to put this up because I really was hoping something would come along to explain all this, to put all this to rest, to debunk this. I haven't seen it. So, should I just keep waiting? No. When it's the main subject that I've gotten over the last three years people begging me to do a uh, teaching on this and a lot of people my listeners very angry at me and basically calling me out because they haven't done this the time is now so here is from the guy the my listener that well, the first one that ever started emailing me about this my longtime listener the first one that ever started emailing me about this dean and I'm going to end with this because this is after this is just bonus material. He says, Scott, I think one of the main messages you need to get across to Christians, especially regarding the so-called changes in the Bible because of the Mandela effect is that if the Bible changes, it should have no effect on us as Christians. If there are indeed changes from the Mandela effect or whatever, it does not take away, diminish or change who God is. The problem, I think, is that there are many Christians who think that the written word cannot be changed. These babes in Christ say that God would not allow it. Now, I'm not going to say they're all babes in Christ, okay? But that was his choice of... I'm trying... I want to be gentle with this. I really don't want to, you know... But I, I get what he's saying here. They would not allow it. They justify this by misquoting the scripture, God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Um... But I do think that the changing of the scripture of the KJV is necessarily relevant to, but I do not think that the changing of the scripture, the KJV, is necessarily relevant to who God is. Maybe I am the one who's being ignorant. I am just saying that for me personally, if the Bible changes or verses are changing, or so do change in the future, it has no bearing upon who I know God to be and my love for him. Well, praise the Lord. He is and always will be the one and only true God. As stated in the Bible, even if scriptures stating that are changed or deleted. Amen. In addition, there have been many people throughout the ages that have remained faithful children of God with no access to the scriptures at all, or very extremely limited access. My main point, the danger that the Mandela effect may have on Christians is that they presume too many things about God that they have no scripture to back up by their presumptions. So, for example, they presume that God would not possibly let his written word be changed, which is the main premise of 
all of these supposed debunking videos I see from Christians, not even in the time of, they, so they're presuming that God would not possibly let his written word be changed, not even in the time of great delusion or deception. And because these poor, unschooled brothers and sisters do not have a proper foundation, when something like this happens, something they, they presume that God would never allow to happen, they will then question God, their faith, their reality, and many will fall away. Unfortunately, I think he's right on that. I don't want that to be the case, and that's why I'm doing this study, but I think he brings up a great point. A final point about the strong delusion. It is going to be so strong that even the very elect may be... May, God says it's strong delusion. I've always said that the main backbone of that is going to be the alien agenda. The whole UFO alien agenda. Garbage. I've done umpteen studies on that subject you can key in in the search box at contendingfortruth.com trying to prepare my listeners this is a whole other wrinkle in the strong delusion i really believe there's going to be a lot of different delusions that we're dealing with and this is one of them it is going to be so strong that even the very elect may be deceived and fall away if it was not for god stepping in at his time and putting an end to it i do not believe that we have even yet begun to experience the real end of days, strong delusion. I think the Mandela is a wake-up call to show us how bad, confusing, and heavy the real end-time strong delusion will be. It is a taste, a preview, to get us prepared. That very well may could be. So you, you understand why I'm reading this last? Because it's covering a lot of things I haven't quite said yet, yet it's tying everything together. This is, this is the ribbon on this study I'm giving you. This is the final you know, cherry on top of the Sunday. Maybe this is your message. Christians should not presume, pres presume things about God without very clear evidence from his word. They need to repent, draw near to him, Psalms 91, totally lean in and trust upon him no matter what goes on around us, and be in the word, study, pray, research, time to put away childish things and start eating strong meat. Maybe they should look, and these are biblical concepts, maybe they should look at the Mandela effect as a small preview to the big strong delusion that is still coming. One conclusion I have regarding the Mandela effect is that Christians on both sides of this, those who see it and those who don't, can be extremely fleshly about how they are handling things and attacking each other. Okay, I couldn't agree more, and particularly the ones that are saying that you're going to go to hell if you believe this, or if you even look at it. <laughs> okay? It's like, don't look at it, it's this big, gigantic, 800-pound gorilla in the room, just keep ignoring it, everybody, keep ignoring it, is what most Christians say, it'll go away eventually. No, it's not. And I have been attacked over this worse than any other subject in the last three years and i haven't even done a study on it yet it's just some of my christian listeners who are also ministers got wind that i was looking at this and i was asking them questions about it pointed questions that they could provide me no good answer for but in their their eyes i'm sure i'll be a full-blown heretic now even though i think what i've just presented is one of the most rock solid teachings i've ever put up here I don't know how you refute what I've just went over. Oh, sure, there's certain instances where you could call into question maybe given Bible verses or maybe given cultural changes. But as a whole, in totality, how are you going to refute this eight-part study? I, I don't see how it's possible. 
I believe that if we were walking in the Spirit of Christ, being led by the Holy Spirit, we would manifest more love towards one another, i.e. the love of your God, the love of your neighbor. I agree. I hope I haven't presented this in a condemning way. I have called out the people that have attacked me and the preachers out there that are saying you're going to basically go to hell if you even look at this or if you believe this. I think they need to be called out. But I'm still not doing it in a disrespectful way. I'm not trying to attack people. I'm trying to educate them. I've said on this longer than I've ever said on any other teaching that I've ever done so that I knew that when I finally did it, I was doing the right thing. I've waited on this one longer than any other study. So I wouldn't be jumping the gun or having some knee-jerk reaction. I've wanted to have somebody send me a study that refutes it all, but it cannot be done because there's too many changes in every facet of our life. How can you, how can you undo that? By just attacking the person that invented the term or whatever. That just discredits every bit of it. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Because that person had nothing to do with the changes. They were just maybe one of the first ones that saw them. Doesn't mean they they were they did it. I mean, you got that guy from CERN with with the with the picture of men with with the little poster on his lap that says Mandela, and he's laughing, and he's one of their main physicists in their own video from CERN, and it says Mandela on his lap. What does that mean? It's like they're mocking you. They're telling you what they're doing. They own, CERN owns three of these D-Wave quantum computers in Geneva, Switzerland. They own three of them. There's only a handful of them on planet Earth and they own three of them. Can you imagine the wickedness they're using these D-Wave quantum computers, combining it with CERN to do? Um... I have seen good men of God who are experiencing the Mandela effect make videos rebuking other pastors who deny the ME. Yet, these good men of God obviously have done, not done the adequate research, so they come off looking foolish. In other words, this is another thing I've seen. Somebody says, I'm going to debunk this in five minutes. I'm not going to really look at it, but I'm a Christian and this can't be real. And I'm going to go up and I'm, this is so easy. to. I've seen that many times. I, listen, listen, Brother Johnson, I just I just debunked the whole Mandela effect. Here, here's a video I made. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, are you kidding me? You're addressing thing like one or two, maybe one or two aspects of it. And you're not doing a very good job at all. And it's obvious the reason you're not doing a good job is because it's really making you nervous. And you're afraid to look at it any further because you're afraid you might get convinced of the truth or convicted by it. So you're going to do a real halfway study. And that's supposedly going to convince the masses that all of these thousands and thousands and thousands of changes are negated because of what you did when you haven't even done a good job. And it's not that I couldn't do a good job either because it's impossible to refute it. So I'm not even judging you from that regard. One of the main problems with the Mandela effect thing is that when people first learn about it and it affects them because they see the changes, these people freak out and start spouting off things without taking a step back and doing research and really seeking the Lord's leading. Listen, I got a lot of other listeners that have been feeding me information on this for years and not one of them, not one of them has ever come back to me and said, you know what? I was wrong. 
about the Mandela effect. I take it all back. I was wrong. Not one. Not one. Because they've taken honest, they've taken an honest look at the subject, and once you get once you go far enough down this path, you realize it's irrefutable. Not one. It, you know, if I said 50% of these people that originally believed in the Mandela are coming back to me now saying, no, 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 it's, it's, it's all a lie, it's, it's not real. I don't remember one ever doing that, which is further proof to me. Out of the, mount, uh, of the multitude of counselors, there is, there is wisdom, you know? There is safety in the multitude of counselors. You know, out of two, by two or three witnesses, a thing is confirmed. I've had way more than two or three. I've had a multitude of, if you want to call them counselors, about this. My own listeners that have been looking at this for years. Some of them begging me to do a study on this, and I finally have. I've gotten more requests to do this study than any other one. So, I hope I haven't lost you as a listener. It was not my goal. I don't know what more I could do if I have. If you think I'm a heretic, well... I'm sorry. I don't want to argue with you about this. You don't need to you don't need to email me and try to convince me otherwise because, you know, I'm sorry, but at this point I've given it 3 plus years, looked at this, don't see how you're going to undo all of the things that I just went over. Not because I got to be right or I want to be right or I can't ever be wrong, just because there's too much the, the volume of changes is too great to overcome by one little simple paragraph or explanation it can't be done so please don't even bother emailing me about it because i've gotten all the emails over the years regarding this particular subject i've got them i've looked at them i've looked at other studies debunking this and nothing has ever even remotely convinced me that this wasn't totally real and i didn't want to believe this at all i i pushed this away when Dean started emailing me this stuff, my listener, I kept pushing it away and pushing it away. So I was on that side of the fence. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, no, I don't have time for this. I don't whatever. And then it was more and more stuff and more. And then I started having other listeners email me. And it was like, well, it gets to a point where I, I'm just going to, you know, you don't have to just totally ignore it, bury my head in the sand like an ostrich or actually finally address it. And praise God, I finally have. So I hope I've done a decent job bringing this to you. I love you all, and I'll just go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us, Lord. And, uh, Lord, I just pray you, you do with this teaching whatever needs done. I don't think, Lord, anyone's ever done quite as comprehensive of a teaching on the subject um, at this point. I hope that this has done this subject justice and that you're pleased with what we're putting out here, Lord, because your word is being attacked. Your world is being attacked. Your remnant is being attacked. And this strong delusion, God, seems to be kicking in to gear. I pray you give us all eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. Regarding this subject and the other subjects I've covered in times past, I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us, and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart will be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, and that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. We ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Now, as I um, mentioned before, I'm on page 25 of this PDF. 
And what I what I labeled the, the 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 last part is the bonus Mandela research material, and it's about another seven pages of just further confirmatory things I've gotten either I've compiled or from listeners. If you want to even research this more, the best way to listen to this study, and I know it's a little late for me to say this now, would have been for you to go along with me in the PDF, so that when I'm in the videos, you can actually maybe. If there's a doubt about what I'm looking at or, or seeing, you can actually look at the video itself to see the images and things of this nature. Because some of this is very visual. So um, that's all I have for today. God bless you, and we will, Lord willing, see you in the next study.